Y bienvenidos, bienvenidas, bienvenides a todos. This is a special episode of the Latino Card because this is an episode that we are going to be recording in English and Spanish. So this is obviously the English version, but if you speak Spanish, make sure to look out for the Spanish version. Uh, my name is Rebecca De Leon, and we are recording out of the Radio Boise studios today. Um, my co-host, JJ Saldana, is not um, recording with us today. He very kindly stepped aside um, to give me a little bit of Um, I guess, closeness or intimacy with our special guest, who is my husband, Ruben Pedraza. Hi, Ruben. Hi, guys. So we actually have a pretty um, a pretty wild uh, story to tell today, um, which is why JJ kindly gave us a little bit of space, because um, this is a pretty big deal for us. A really big deal, a big life-changing event that we recently experienced, and that's what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today. Ruben, would you like to tell the people what happened? Uh, well, not too long ago, um, after I would say 10, 12 years or something like that. It was at least 12. Yeah, you know, something like that. I've been trying to get my residency um, and... After so many years, last month we were good to go, and I'm legally or legit. <laughs> legally legit. <laughs> I'm. Le <laughs> I was trying to say legit. <laughs> uh, I can actually be here in the states. Um, yes. So Ruben um, was undocumented, and um, he was recently awarded legal permanent residence. Um, it has been a very long process. We got expensive. married five and a half years ago. Um, We've been together for, I guess, slightly longer than that. But for five and a half years, we have been married. And um, shortly after we got married, we applied for him to get residency through me as a, I am a U.S. citizen. Um, so we submitted what's called the family petition. Um, and it has been a wild ride. Um, definitely, it, our case wasn't, our case was strong in some ways and it was um, a little bit shaky in other ways. Uh, and so we weren't guaranteed anything. And in January of this year, we finally had to finish the last step, which is called the consular processing, um, the consular process where we had to go to Ciudad Juarez um, and then re-enter the United States with permission. And then we were given, he was given legal permanent residency. And so today we want to talk a little bit about that journey um, and what, has meant, what it has meant for our family. So, um, Ruben, yes. <laughs> would you like to explain uh, what happened roughly 12 years ago? Uh, so, wait, what country are you from? <laughs> so, I was born and raised in uh, Mexico City. Um, there's a side of it where it's Ecatepec, so not the heart of Mexico City, but the outsides. Uh, I was my dad. My mom couldn't afford to stay there. Uh, my dad is a really hardworking individual, but because of the economy and because of his low education, he wasn't able to get any jobs. And he been he was trying. Um, he was trying to be a taxi driver. He was trying to be an even a um, bodyguard, um, working night shifts. Uh, he was a security guard. He was trying to make ends meet, but 
um, we were desperate enough for my dad um, to come here. And since I was 18, I was starting to get an education, but um, my dad decided that it would be better if I continue my education here in the States. So uh, I didn't know I was undocumented, and we just went up north from um, we have family here, like my uncles, my aunt, my cousins, um, and they were here before us, so they were able to help us, guide us on the process of um, finding work, um, getting a car, getting an apartment, and all that. So, okay, so when you when you say, like, I didn't know I was undocumented, what you mean is you didn't understand that there was a process Correct. That you could apply. You didn't know what the process was. Correct. Um, there was some process. Other family members did have like the um, tourist visa, mm-hmm. but that one didn't apply for us um, because it's we didn't have income, we didn't have equity, we didn't have um, a job that we could return. So, and we didn't have money to apply for it. Right. So, so for people who, who may not be familiar, a tourist visa um, is only granted to people who essentially the United States knows that they're only going to um, come here for a little while as a tourist, that they that there's so much to come back home to that they wouldn't overstay their visa. So you have to have a super nice house and you have to have a super nice job. And typically you have to have a lot of education and um, the requirements are pretty high specifically to deter people from overstaying a visa. They don't just like hand them out. And so um, coming on a tourist visa is very difficult. Coming on a student visa is also fairly difficult because um, in order to get a student visa, and by the way, I'm not an immigration attorney, but we're very familiar, at least with a lot of the processes, um, because we've looked into a lot of them and we've talked to a lot of different attorneys about, you know, potential ways to go about things. And so a student visa is awarded to people who are um, want to come here to study. However, a student visa doesn't allow you to work. So it doesn't give you authorization to work, which means that you have to come from a financially stable, a very financially stable background where you can travel to the U.S. and just bum around for however long you want to study and have everything paid for magically, um, which usually means you have rich parents. So those yeah. are like the two kind of biggest ways. Also to, working one, but um, yes. Oh, and the apply. H-2A and the H-2B visas. Um, what? There's an Einstein <laughs> visa. Um so there are visas out there. It, Unfortunately, they're very difficult to get. They're very still. difficult to get. And the situation I was in and my family where we weren't able to obtain any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was not aware of the rules, the process or nothing. So I was able, I thought it was the same thing, just going on a hike and everything. And so it wasn't hard to get in the country back then. And once I, once I got here... Uh, I did study English in Mexico and I knew a little bit of it because my dad really enforced me to learn it. He really loves the culture, the American idea and everything. He loves everything about it. Mm -hmm. So he embraced learning and he paid a little bit as much as he could for private um, English speaker. How do you say the A tutor? A tutor, yes. Uh, tutor 
Um, but that can only take you so far. So entering to once I got here, um, we my friends, my dad's friend uh, worked at a high school or something like that and was able to get me back into high school, even though I was super old <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to be going back to school. You were what, 19? Uh, yeah, I was 18 turning 19 and I graduated when I was I was I graduated when I was 19 but it was technically almost gonna be 20 so I was super old and not supposed to be in high school at that age well I mean that's that's not that far off it's not like you were 27 well yeah but I was at that point where I almost couldn't go back to high school mm-hmm. so um at this again for two years while I was in high school, I wasn't aware I was undocumented. Uh, I knew I was studying everything, um, the United States government, the history, and the language, and I loved it. And I wanted to continue my studies, but unfortunately, that's when reality kicked in. Uh, I couldn't get a driver's license or apply for work because I was not allowed to be here. Um, there was a funny story where I tell my mom, it's like, hey, mom, what's up? What's a social security? Or I need that to to go to work. <laughs> and my mom's like, well, if you find one, uh, can you give me one too? Because I'm looking for one too. <laughs> I was like, what? What do you mean? It's like, well, we don't have any. I'm like, what? <laughs> so at the time, I was like, you know what? I'll figure it out. You know, um, I wanted a. I still want to be a police officer, but there's still some obstacles. But uh, I go. I went back to to high school, and then I graduated. And once I graduated, I wanted to enter the military um, because my grandfather was a police officer in Mexico, and my dad carried that. Um, we must always respect the law, and the law is there for a reason. And and that just has carried with me. So I wanted to become a, um, since I couldn't be a police officer because I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, legal, I, I was like, oh, I can enter the military and then through the military I can get an access through visa and pardon or whatever. And then I looked into it and they said I couldn't because even though there is some visas like that, I have to be I can't be registered in another military or like uh mm-hmm. countries but so mm-hmm. in Mexico uh before you're 18 you have to register um in the Mexican government to the uh military and I did that because I needed to get a job so once I did that I am technically registered in Mexico but they can't draft me <laughs> Cause I'm already here. I already did this. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. So technically, um, I can't be in the uh, United States military. So that was a little discouraging. Um, so then uh, I went back to college because um, I wanted to at least get my education. And when I was, uh, I don't know, almost. 25 credits in or something like that and by the way I was paying all college out of my pocket um, because I couldn't get any scholarships uh, 
And you were paying international student prices. Yes, yes. Uh, since I don't have an Idaho residency, I wasn't um, eligible to pay the residency fee. So I paid out-of-state fees, which is higher. And because I don't have a social and a driver's license to prove they live here. So I had to prove that I was living somewhere else. <laughs> so I was paying out of state, out of my pocket, and then 25, 20-something credits into almost a year or something of going part-time, paying, and here and there. I realized that I couldn't get my degree because I needed a social to attach my name, and I don't have a social security number. Um, I have my tax number, my ITIN number, mm -hmm. to do my taxes, and that can get me so far, but I can't... It doesn't do anything except let you pay taxes, and that's an important distinction to make because undocumented people have to pay taxes. Yes. But because they don't have a Social Security number, they will never benefit from anything that taxes pay for except for, like, roads. Like, yes. Like roads and stuff. So they do... So we do pay... So in order for me to also get in anything... Um, I need to prove that I pay taxes, but I don't get the benefits. For example, I can't go to a bank and open a bank account because I don't have a social. I can't prove that, that the person is A equals B, which is me. Um, I can't get a car um, because car loans don't or dealerships don't loan money to people. Um, so there's little things here and there that add up in the long term mm -hmm. um, and then I gave up going to college and then DACA came out and I wanted to apply for it <laughs> and then it turns out that uh, I was too old once I enter the states you have so, to be 16 years old or younger when you come to the United States in order to qualify for DACA yeah so and you came when you were 18 18 so I was there was a chance that we could apply um, but the attorneys were like saying, I don't think you will win it because there is a waiver or something like that where they can push it where it was 17, 18 or something like that. But I was 18, almost 19. That's oh, yeah. That's like if you had to be like detained at the border. Exactly. For too long yes. Or so they were saying that we could fight, but it, the odds were really, really low. Yeah. It's like, no. So once again, I was uh, told no from that perspective. So. Yeah, I actually um, gave up trying to get a visa and just wanted to live undocumented as much as I can and just go back to my home country. Um, I, it made it very clear that they did not want me here and that they did not like me. Regard, even though I have, I have not committed any crimes, um, the only ones I've done was just speed. <laughs> like speeding. Break the speed limit. And I've only done that three times. Um but three times that you got caught? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's only sped three times in their life. It is. If you have a crappy car, you can't go over 60. <laughs> like that as much as it went. <laughs> so, well, okay, so the entire time that you're living here undocumented, would you say that you were undocumented and unafraid as is kind of like, you know, you see it on T-shirts, it's, you see a lot of it, I guess, in the news where people are like, I am undocumented and unafraid. Do you think that that's how you lived your life here as an undocumented person? No, I was super afraid. <laughs> <laughs> the kudos to those people who said, I'm not, I'm brave. And like, they, they, 
they don't realize how um, people are in the shadows not because they want to be. It's because they're forced to be there. People are pushing them aside. They're pushing any anybody like that doesn't fit in. Um, and it's a very scary process. It's a very scary place. And my mom will always tell me, don't tell anybody that you're undocumented. I'm like, why not? I need my friends to know so if something happens, they can help me. And my mom will say, you never know how they can hurt you. Mm-hmm. And Your mom was right, by the way. And I've lost friends that way. They just pissed off the wrong U.S. citizen. It, believe it or not, that's it how a lot of my mom's friends got deported because mm-hmm. they were working at factories and... The wife of their someone got mad and then mm-hmm. they called the police and then they did investigation and deported a bunch of farm workers and didn't pay them. <laughs> yep, that's right. So it is. It happens. It happens more than not, people like yeah, to. Not uncommon. To believe, but it's not in the newspaper or it's not because it's a very. It's all done really mm, under the table. Yeah. And yeah. it's also not like illegal. It's not illegal yeah, to no. do that to somebody. But it's, I don't know. It's a, There's a lot of problems that that the reason why undocumented people are undocumented because the government benefits from it. That's right, they do. So but, let's get back to your on. story, though. <laughs> <laughs> so your story, um, you went to college and then, you know, you were like, I can't graduate because I don't have a social security number. Um, there's no and point so, finishing it. Yeah, and so you didn't... Um, you didn't continue to go to college for that reason, um, you know, and you wanted to live your entire life undocumented. Or did you want to go back to Mexico? Or what was what was your plan once at, you decided not to go to college? Uh, at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just didn't want to continue being undocumented. So, and I've tried everything I was given, and it was mm-hmm. already here for like another five or six years or something like that Mm -hmm. and that's when I was like you know what it doesn't like me I don't fit in it it doesn't want me so being like society yes the government (laughs) government. not just society like the whole people the every time we talked about anything people would be like so where what part of Mexico you from I'll be like all right cool whatever or not even just random people but like even police officers when I got pulled over um, a p- police officer just saw my driver's license from another state and said, so what part of Mexico are you from? And I was like, all right, what part of Mexico, what does that have to do with me being here or getting pulled over? Yeah. And he just casually said, oh, it's because, uh, you know, I was there three years ago and uh, it was a very beautiful Cancun or whatever. And I was like, how does, how does that have to do with me getting pulled over? But whatever. So things like that. It, so for people who don't know, um, some states allow undocumented people to get driver's licenses. And so here in Idaho specifically, they know which states are fairly close um, that allow undocumented people to get driver's licenses. So when they pull somebody over and they see a brown face and they just happen to have a driver's license from out of state that is one of those states, um, they typically assume. And they're not wrong. <laughs> well, in your case, but, they weren't. They do that all the time, and they did that all the time. I just, me, my dad, my uncles, and all like that. And I, and it, so it, it was very clear that 
being undocumented and it wasn't what I liked. And again, my family was a, a law-abiding people. They say that the rules are rules. And so I kind of decided to just work hard, save up as much as I can, get us a little bit more as education as I can and just go back and um, start all over again. And that's when actually I met you. <laughs> I was like, hurry up and get to the part where I come in. You never came. <laughs> uh, actually, that's where you came along. And the we just met and we just, she kept on, I don't know, showing me another perspective of life that I was not aware of. And uh, it made me keep on fighting. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so you specifically didn't go back to Mexico because you met me? So, kind of. Uh, I didn't know that you were, like, serious about going back or... Yeah. Well, we've all learned something today. <laughs> uh, you and... Uh, when we were barely meeting each other, um, you had two jobs. And um, excuse me, I had two jobs in school. Will you let me finish oh, before it was rough? Just saying. You had two jobs and going to college going back to college uh and i was just full-time at one job so i saw you and i was like dang i want i want to be as as powerful or as strong and as as educated as her because you, you're really well spoken i'm not i thank you i'm not it's like i should have a podcast or something i know That's it's like well what is that <laughs> and like, you're very you're just you still are and you will be special so I saw that in you, and I was like, nah, I got to keep working. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I didn't know if I wanted to be with you, or, but you just ma motivated me to work harder, if that makes sense. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've always, don't get me wrong, you always motivated me to be on time because you were always late. I don't know how <laughs> you did that. <laughs> I was like, I get it, though, but you motivated me, so I kept on working, and I think uh, I took a year off from college, and then I came, I went back after I met you, and I think we stopped talking. We've been on and off for so long, but that's true. But you've always uh, I saw you, and I'm like, nah, I gotta go back. I'll figure it out. I'll keep fighting, and I decided to keep trying. And then we got married, and it just <laughs> went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it didn't, <laughs> Mr. Legal Permanent Resident. <laughs> and then after so many years and on and off, on and off, um, we we got actually really close, and I actually proposed to you. Um, and I, you already knew a lot of my background. You already knew a lot of my personal things, and yet you still chose to uh, take this challenge and I'm very grateful that it was you because you use a strong one. <laughs> and not many. I, I see when marriage split after this process happens because yeah. it does take a lot of stress, a lot of toll. And, mm -hmm. you know, if if you can't handle a lot of the things with the, yourself, it's going to be hard for that partner. And one of the things I did personal reasons was I was I don't know who where I heard this it might be a tv show or music I don't remember but it said that never marry somebody until you have seen them lose a family member 
um, struggle with money or healthy-wise struggling as well. Till you see one of those three, um, don't marry them because those true colors will come out. They're stress. And I saw you through all three of those. I met you when you were poor. That's true. I was so poor. <laughs> uh, I, you were pretty sick. You still are. Yeah. In the head true. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away all my secrets, Ruben. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, when we were dating, you lost a family member and all that. So mm-hmm. I've seen, and I don't know, you gave me a lot of confidence that you can handle things. And But even this process is still, it's a level of stress and money and everything. So... You know, it's worth noting, though, that I also have seen you in all three of those, and you were very impressive. But this isn't a story about how awesome we are. This is a story about how awesome I I mean, well, I'm really that's digging part of, how... That's part of my reasons that I kept on fighting. I, I found, for me, it was you. It was my other half and someone who kept on fighting, for not just for for yourself, but for me and for for a lot of people, and... Um, when I wanted to marry somebody, you know, because there was a lot of people who I had the possibility to marry today, you know, (laughs) Uh, but it it was something about that you kept on fighting and keep on. So I I proposed to you and things worked out at the moment. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. The first years of living together were a little stressful. Um, you were really busy. I was not in the right state of mind and uh, sad. And it, it, there was also that, you know, I'm a man and I can't take care of her because I can't get a job. So I see her carrying all this weight. Mm. So there was a lot of depression on that behalf. And, and they, there was a moment where you gave me motivation again, where we went to the attorney and it was like, oh, yes, you can get your residency in a year. And you're like, oh, yay, let's just work on it. And I was super motivated. And in a year turned two and then a two turned three and three turned four. And mm. so it got to a point where it's like, man, you know what? I'm just going to live my life and just try to enjoy as much as I can with her as right now. And we were able to have our little gremlin uh, and we that did, little gremlin has changed a lot of our life, uh, my life, and Mine gave too. me more to fight for. And then his, I, I think my life is so f- weird how it works all the time because at this time last year, your parents, we were taking over your parents' house and they were going to come back from their mission. So we needed to get a house. And and so we were getting ready to buy a house and everything. So we were we got the house at the end of um, the year and everything. And at the end of that year, you lose your job or the cut or whatever happens. So you were unemployed. I was not able to work. So but was willing to work. Um, and. It was stressful. So imagine buying a new house and not being able to work or pay it. Uh, and, and we had a kid. And then we had a kid. So we were a little bit shaky. <laughs> it was kind of rough. And then 
as everything piled up that last month, uh, we were told that I had to go to Mexico to finish my uh, residency. So imagine not having a job, not having enough money to pay the house, and then paying everything out of your pocket to go back to Mexico. It's extremely expensive, by the way. Uh, I told my cousins, I was like, yo, I got to go back to Mexico uh, to finish my visa and my residency. And he's like, oh, cool. Does the <laughs> does the government pay for that? I'm like, government <laughs> pays? Like, yeah, like, you know, when I'm deployed or I go for overseas to, like, boot camp because he's in the military. He's like, I get paid for all that. I'm like, no, bro, I, if I'm working on my visa, I have to pay for it. It's like, oh, man, that sucks for you, man. <laughs> so Indeed, it did suck. Uh, I got my uncles. I got my cousins and a lot of people to let me borrow as much as they can and we I was a lot of family and friends. I'm very grateful of where I'm at because there's a lot of things that played in the right position in the right time to put me in this situation. But if it wasn't for my family giving me loaning me money, if it wasn't for um, you know meeting you, if it wasn't for keep on working and not letting my I guess depression or society kick me, I wouldn't be here. But again, uh, I was. Uh, we were told uh, that we had to go back, and being back in Mexico was crazy <laughs> because there's so much. It's a, mo- most people have never seen Mexico, um, like the real Mexico, like not Cancun. Like yeah, like the ghetto, like and not just the ghetto part, but like. The part that you know is ghetto, but you can't see it because you don't understand it. Um, so it was really hard to go back to a country I was very scared of. And not just being back, but not knowing if I can return to see my family. Um, at this time, we didn't have enough money for all of us to go. So I just went. And once we found a little bit more money, then we booked another flight for Rebecca, mm-hmm. um, but we did not take our kid, so I was not able to see my son for a while. And going back with the mentality that that might be the last time I see him in for months, maybe hopefully mm-hmm. for months, because <laughs> it could be they don't. They also once you apply for your visa and you're there for the interview and everything, they don't know if it can take a week or two months. So let me uh, jump in real quick. So this yeah. was this was very um, this was a very scary process for us. I mean, the entire process was very scary. Um, but this last step was especially scary because he did have to leave on his own, um, and it still wasn't guaranteed. So the Correct. idea, I mean, when you apply for what's called the family petition, which is what we did, um, there are certain um, things that need to happen in order for you to get uh, legal permanent residency through your your citizen spouse. And a lot of that depends on, for example, if you entered into the United States with inspection or without inspection, which essentially means, did you come in on 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 an approved visa of some sort, and then you just overstayed your visa, that is called with inspection, or did you come, as they say, like walking? Um, 
which which is without inspection. Like the U.S. government didn't even have an opportunity to get to know who you are and know that you're coming into the United States. And so Ruben entered without inspection. And as a result, we had to do a specific process, which is the consular processing. And what it is is he has to go back to Mexico and uh, come back in with inspection. Um, so the U.S. government knows that he is going to Mexico. Um, they know he has already been granted what's called the pardon, where he said, I have been here undocumented. I'm very sorry I broke your immigration law. Um, please give me a pardon. The U.S. government's like, fine. And then he, they sent him back to Mexico to essentially, quote, unquote, do it the right way. Correct. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a lot more complicated than that. Again, I'm Hire an attorney, please. Yeah. Get an actual immigration <laughs> attorney. But uh, this is our thing. And so he had gotten the pardon, but he still could have been denied re-entering the border for any reason. And that's correct. the scary part is because there were certain things that made his re-entry a little bit shaky. And I don't think we need to get into all of the details. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it certainly, essentially it's you can get denied in this consular processing, even though you already got the pardon and everything, nothing is guaranteed. He's still undocumented. He goes to Mexico, and upon re-entering, they can just be like, no, nah, actually, just kidding. And then he just stays in Mexico forever. And that entire process and everything that we spent on it is just Correct. lost. Um, or they could be like, all right, fine, you're okay. We and need, then, or we need more documents. Yeah, and then you'd have to stay there and wait for you know, an undetermined amount of time. So there's still a lot unknown. There's so many things that could have happened. There's so many things that can go right. There's so many things that can go wrong. And it is just extremely stressful. Correct. And <laughs> uh, there's, this, there's this fear that you built something, let's just say like a Lego, um, and you know it's not going to last forever because you're undocumented. <laughs> what I mean that is I mean that you know that a, if you built something from Legos, it's never going to last forever because it's Legos. They're made to be destroyed. That's the reason why when you're undocumented, you live that way because you know you're not meant to be here and you stay forever. Mm -hmm. So you're just waiting for it to crumble and just go back. So that's the scary part of not knowing when that scary part should occur. Yeah, and, you know, I was born in the United States, and so I didn't do anything to earn my citizenship. Like what? The I majority of Shut up. <laughs> like, the majority of people that I know, I didn't do anything. I was just born here. I didn't even choose to be born here. Um, so I was just kind of handed my citizenship, and I didn't even have to think about it too much. I mean, I had some family members who were undocumented. Um, but, you know, I was a kid. I didn't really think about it too much. And then, um, you know, I as I got older, I started realizing, you know, the problems in the immigration system. Um, I started advocating for uh, immigrant justice. Uh, and then I met you. And you were like, I'm undocumented. And I was like, I don't care because I'm like, in look like that. <laughs> well, Okay. <laughs> it wasn't love at first sight, although oh, you were pretty was. cute. I still am. That's true. But my point is... Stop hitting on me, Rebecca. <laughs> After you just spent the past 20 minutes like giving me the most beautiful love poem. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying facts. <laughs> well, we're totally making out as soon as we turn the mics off. <laughs> so we, you know, I... 
when I agreed to marry you, I thought I knew I was what I was signing up for because I had already known you. I already thought you were kind of cool. Um, you know, but when we got married, it did become different because I was more on the inside of the issue. And we both lived in fear. I was very scared for you all the time. And, you know, I trust you as a, as a person. I trust you as a husband. But, you know, if you would go to work and then you would be five minutes late coming home, I'd be like, <gasps> I would start to panic. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, did he get pulled over? Did, did he get picked up? Did something happen? You know, I never thought that you were doing anything bad, but I thought that something bad may have happened to you, you know, in a much different way than like maybe you got in a car accident. It's just so much more prevalent. It's so much more in your face at all times. And um, and then, you know, a few years after we had been married, when we found out that we were pregnant, I was, again, so nervous. Yeah. And we were like, do we even want to go through with this? Because do we want to bring a child into yeah. this extremely stressful situation? Do I really want to have a child navigate this world with an undocumented parent? You know, thinking at any time that his parent could be taken away. Um, you see it in the in these stories all the time where they go to people's houses and mm -hmm. they drag a parent out, like, and the kids are kicking and screaming and crying and don't take my dad or don't take my mom. And it's heartbreaking and they're ripping families apart. And did I really want to do that to my family? But, um, you know, I don't, I don't even remember why I decided to go ahead and have a kid with you. I think it was probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that says more about you than me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm starting to but think about my decisions there, differently now. There is the, the, the big fear. And I, I was not aware of how scared and vulnerable I was until I ended up... It, the whole process was done but the when i had my last interview in that in that uh, what what do you say officer or immigration officer it's a it's a foreign service officer <laughs> foreign who sir. does the final interview um in in Ciudad Juarez so i was in there and he pretty much has the last saying mm -hmm. and when he said um congratulations welcome back sir it made me cry and it still does because it opens up so many doors that people take for granted just the simple fact of getting your driver's license getting um, a bank loan or opening a credit card um, getting even a cell phone plan to mm. get your cell phone plan, like things so small that you can just go. Uh, I can't even go to Walmart and get a Walmart credit card or Best Buy or those things that yeah. people are so easy to get. I, I can't get those. I couldn't now. I couldn't. Now I can. Mm -hmm. You know, registering a car. Uh, so many little things that it adds up and it takes a wear and tear and. When they say, why couldn't you just do it legally? It's like, well, how? If you can show me what does that look in your eyes, I'll do that. Because mm -hmm. I was looking every single possible way to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't. Yeah. 
So there's a big, big difference. There's a big difference in the way that we both, but of course more you than me, but there's a big difference in just like the way that we walk around, like the way we hold ourselves in this world now. It's very, very different. And I have noticed a big difference in you um, since this whole thing happened. I mean, it's only been a month and some change maybe total. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, like it, it took us a while to, to untrain, yeah, to, to wrap our <laughs> heads around what just happened and to untrain ourselves to to not always be scared. Um, because we were, we were just always kind of like on high alert at all times and it was always very stressful. And, you know, R Ruben, you never like really went out um, because oh. it, it was too risky. Like you, you can't go out and enjoy yourself and have some drinks because it's too risky. I mean, why would you do that if you're putting yourself at risk of losing your whole family? It didn't, you know, it's just a whole different way of even just com like your everyday life, even commuting to work, even how you spend your free time but also like a change in you I've noticed that you know there's I've always known that you were confident in yourself but it was so buried and it was so um you know you 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 did act out of fear a lot and I understood why but ever since just it's just a piece of paper but now we have this piece of paper and you have confidence now and I can see that you you are allowed to dream. You're allowed to um, explore things now. Yeah. You're allowed. To, I mean, it's just the freedom and the relief is now my biggest struggle can't is, be overstated. Is what am I going to work at? <laughs> now, where am I going to? Yeah, it's like you're it's like you're Wiley Coyote and you finally yeah, caught the Roadrunner. Yeah, it's like, what, like now oh, what? Now what? <laughs> do I eat it? Do I let it go? Do I? Continue? I've been fighting for so stinking long. I don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah, and I can register cars. I can get everything I couldn't so much. Just I can go back to school and have a scholarship. I. It's so much dreams and so little times that it's so hard to comprehend. Yeah. It still makes me uh, think that I don't deserve this. <laughs> Cause well, obviously you do. But you're not the only one. There yeah. are a lot of people. And that was, that was one thing also I wanted to make sure that we point out is that nowadays... I mean, there's still attacks on immigrants, um, legis like policies that are being introduced, legislation that's being introduced that attack immigrants um, and their abilities to to get anything done in this country. And it's sending a very clear signal that we don't want them here. I mean, obviously not all of us feel that way. But, you know, now that we're sitting in the position we are, it just breaks our hearts because we know what that feels like. I have family members who are still waiting are after still 20 years yep. to a maybe get a visa. We still have family. We still have friends. And even people we don't know, we There's still so feel connected many. to them. And it's a um, it's a survivor's guilt for sure. Like you feel guilty almost for not being yeah. in that situation anymore with them because you're like, well, they're just as deserving as we are. Correct. Um, they're, they're amazing human beings too. They... They're kind hard. and they work hard and, you know, why, why do they have to still be in that situation and, you know, who are we to, who are we to be here and, and be happy and feel more secure? It's, it feels wrong almost. Yeah. It feels really sad. You see, 
don't know, in my bio on the Twitter, I always have the which side of the coin you want to see because uh, I kind of feel like I've always been on the both sides. Now that I'm a resident, <laughs> I'm able to be, I can see how different things are. And I don't know, it's just interesting how life has changed just by just a piece of paper. Yeah. And a piece of paper that, I don't know. Changes everything. Well, I mean, I think you're pretty neat and I could probably talk to you forever. <laughs> um, maybe we'll go to dinner tonight if you play your cards right. Nah. <laughs> I already Dang. got my residency. I'm out. <laughs> what else there? It was, it was like a 10 year long ruse. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of this. <laughs> All right. Well, I should have seen it coming. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Latino card, but I just wanted to tell you, Ruben, thank you so much for sharing your story. No, thank um, you for listening. You still have a very powerful story, um, and I'm proud to be a part of your story, and I'm proud of you, and I love you. I think you're neat. Can I say double? <laughs> double goes for you. Double what? Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 double too, whatever. Oh it's called ditto. You say ditto, oh, not whatever. double. Double. <laughs> it's technically double. No, it's not. It's double what you said. So just <laughs> Nobody understands when you say that, Ruben. <laughs> whatever. All right, anyway. <laughs> blah, 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 happy marriage. Carry on. Blah, blah, blah. We're so happy together. Um, so I w we'll go ahead and wrap up this this episode of the Latino card. Thank you for listening. Um. Thank you for, Ruben, thank you for being here. Thank you for being vulnerable with us. And um, if you want to follow the Latino card, you can do so on Twitter at the Latino card. We also have a Facebook page. Ooh. Or you can follow me or Ruben. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't follow Ruben. It's gross. <laughs> you can follow me or Ash or JJ um, on Twitter. We're pretty active on there. Um, if you have any kinds of comments or questions, you can... Um, throw those into our dms um we're always happy even though sometimes we miss it we'll get there eventually um so thank you for listening and we'll see you all later bye bye <laughs>